0: Here is your host, Realtor Deb Tomorrow.
1: Well, welcome to Real Real Estate Today. I am your host, Deb Tomorrow, and we are talking about all kinds of things real estate. So last week, we had a little bit of a technical glitch coupled with a bit of... mm, what shall we call it, impatience on my part, (laughs) as everyone in the room kind of nods and goes, yeah, that was pretty much it. So I had some uh, internet issues on my end. And uh, so we started the show and then we didn't finish. So that's cool because I'm totally prepared for this week's show because I prepared a week ahead of time, which is pretty awesome. So I am joined again by Jeremy Goodrich of Shine Insurance. Thanks for coming back, Jeremy.
2: Happy to be here.
1: And uh, helping solve our technical Issues last week, so...
2: A little bit too late, but. Yeah, a
1: little bit too late, but that's okay. And I think we are going to be joined by Karen, best damn lender in the state of Indiana, but she is finishing up from what we call a broker's open. I don't know if mm-hmm. people know what that is, but uh, sometimes when we've got listings that we want other realtors to see, we do an open house just for the realtors. It's usually on Tuesdays. Uh, around lunchtime, you have to bribe realtors with food to... Uh, it's like... That always like, works, yeah. You know, here's a brownie. Got a brownie. I have found that um, if I have... Us, but pot roast sliders from Buffaloes, which is a local restaurant, mm-hmm. and uh, stuffed mushrooms. That tends to bring and them through the, the door. Mm-hmm. through the door. Yeah. yeah, it's like my milkshake brings all the boys <laughs> to the... My pot roast <laughs> sliders bring all the realtors to the house. There you go. So uh, She's helping clean up from that because a lot of times, too, uh, we have lenders who sponsor those with us. Mm-hmm. So She should be here shortly, and I hope she does get here because she had some really great questions um, for you in terms of insurance. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. I know last week we kind of reviewed what we had talked about the week before, so I'm not going to go over that. But I did have a story that I wanted to uh, run by you <laughs> because this popped up on my Facebook newsfeed, and I sent it to Rachel, and I was like, oh, check this out. And we laughed and laughed and laughed. And then um, I looked it up and found out something, which is that it's not true. But this <laughs> is what... <laughs> All the good stuff's never true, right? Uh-huh. So this is the story. I don't know if you've ever seen this before. There was a claim that a Kentuckian named Larry Rutman sued himself and was awarded <laughs> <laughs> as the insurance agent just was like stop right there. Uh was awarded three hundred thousand dollars that was paid by his insurance company after he injured himself with do you know this?
2: I saw the picture, uh, but a boomerang. Yeah.
1: So he threw a boomerang. <laughs> this is the story. I think this is hysterical. Oh, y'all need a laugh. Uh, so th- this is. So I had to look it up. I had to Google it, and I found on Snopes that it's not true, and I'm really disappointed. Um, but yeah, the story was originally in my grandmother's favorite uh, newspaper, the Reader's Weekly Digest? Weekly World um. News. She was a big fan of National Enquirer, Weekly Mm. World News, that sort of thing. Um, She also said that uh, Wheel of Fortune was true, but Jeopardy was not true. She believed (laughs) Jeopardy was staged, but that Wheel of Fortune was... Complete. yeah. You know, we all think our grandmothers say. Anyways, I digress. So the story in the Weekly World News in 1996 was a Kentucky man who threw a boomerang that flew back and clobbered him in the head, promptly filed a $300,000 lawsuit against himself, and incredibly, he was awarded the money. This is the Weekly World News. But the most amazing of all is the fact that the guy will get the money from his insurance company, and he personally won't have to pay a cent. Uh, And then they quote him mysterious uh, Larry Rutman the accident occurred on my property so my homeowner's insurance was liable for it Rutman said of the April 18th accident some of my neighbors say this is crazy no we all say this is crazy (laughs) but it's perfectly logical when you think about it I paid that insurance for a long time just in case something unforeseen like this ever happened and now all those years of paying premiums have turned out to be worthwhile Uh, Seriously. The (laughs) Weekly World News is, of course, a former supermarket tabloid. Uh, It's now operating in online form only. Um, And it's known for its fantastically fictional stories about subjects such as zookeepers being killed by elephant feces. (laughs) A scientist plot to blow up the sun and a tree that grows meat. (laughs) 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 Why am I not reading this daily? A tree
2: that grows money would be nice too. Right,
1: but I'm thinking Weekly World News may be better than CNN at this point. Um, (laughs) This fake news item received some additional unwarranted credibility when it was reported by the South China Morning Post in August of 1996, mm, which I did find when I googled the story, which was like man boomerang insurance was what I googled. Mm -hmm. The Snopes came up first and then South China's morning report uh, post came up second. So anyways, um, have you ever had that happen to you as an insurance agent?
2: I have not. In fact, in our, the liability coverage on your homeowner's policy specifically states that it is bad things that happen to other people because of you, not oh. you or your family member or your own dog or something like that. So if so. I
1: slip on ice in my own driveway, I'm... Out of luck.
2: You are well. You, if you have health insurance, you're not out of luck. Right. But your homeowner's insurance would not cover for any or any injury or damage. But if I slipped on ice to you, if I yeah, slipped
1: on ice in your driveway,
2: that's a different story. Really? Absolutely, because you're someone else. And so, if the homeowner could be liable if I didn't clean up the ice on my front space, someone yes, sure. slipped and fell, then I'm liable for having not made my space safe for other people. I can't be liable to myself.
1: And would the insurance company then come after you because you were neglectful, negligent? That's the legal wording, yeah. No, there's the not there is the there's
2: no exclusion on homeowners insurance policies for stupidity. So you know, the insurance company would not come after you because you didn't put ice down or any of those kinds of things. That's why you have the policy. Okay. Cool.
1: Yeah. Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. I found this interesting story again pops up on my timeline because big brother's watching me and they obviously <laughs> know or, they know they're what you're talking big brother's about. in my head uh-huh. and they know what I'm talking about so it always interesting things pop up Um, this was on US News and World Report about five days ago and it says why isn't filing homeowners insurance claim as easy as auto insurance and I thought it was kind of an interesting story I'm not going to read the whole thing but I want to read some of it in the beginning because it's got some uh, interesting numbers it says once you purchase a homeowners policy it's likely to be immediately filed away in the back of your mind uh, and probably the bottom of your pile of papers. Definitely. After all, no one wants to dwell on the possibility of a storm, accident, or other disaster leading them uh, to file a claim, but many homeowners go decades without having to file a homeowner's insurance claim. Between 2011 and 2015, 6.8% of insured homes had a claim according to the Insurance Information Institute. So 6.8. And my guess is that probably 90% of those were uh, roof.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Claims, especially around here with hail and things like that in the Midwest. You know, almost... A, a large percentage of my claims have to do with yeah. hail and roofs.
1: Yeah. So when a claim is so statistically rare, homeowners can be unfamiliar with what to do to begin one and what resources are available to them. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the big reasons why we're talking about what we're talking about today. But then I made a point, um, You know, auto insurance has marketing campaigns uh, across nearly every medium imaginable, helping consumers learn about shopping around for policy, using apps to photograph damage. You know, we've seen mm-hmm. that yeah. um, submitting receipts for reimbursement as part of the claim, like with your phone. Um, so while insurers in the home industry provide many similar products and services, most homeowners appear less aware of them and how to leverage them in the event of filing a claim. Um, homeowner's insurance relative to auto insurance hasn't been as available online, um, this gentleman from Progressive is saying. Uh, and there's some good reasons for that. Homeowner's insurance is a little more complicated and every home Absolutely. is unique. There's no VIN number for homes like there is for cars. Right. I think for car values, you just kind of look up the blue book and you're mm-hmm. you know, good to go. So that's why uh, today's show I think is really important and I think uh, it's going to have some really good information because we're really going to focus on, um, um, on how you make a claim.
2: Yeah, and I can verify what they said there and that on our Shine Insurance YouTube channel, I, you know, people don't look at our auto videos half as much as they do at our, homeowner, as our homeowner's insurance videos. So that says to me they're looking for information About how to make a homeowner's insurance claim, about how to deal with homeowner's insurance in a way that they're just not looking for auto, and maybe it makes sense because there's just more information out there. Interesting, interesting.
1: Well, um, let's let's just dive right in. Let's do it. Let's see. I gotta find my place in notes. Where do you want to start? Because I've thats about i I've, I've told you everything I know
2: about homeowner's insurance. Well, I think, I mean, we, we wanted to talk about claims in this conversation, right? And yeah. claims are such an important part of the process. And like you just said, really, one of the more scary parts, especially when it comes to homeowners. I mean, auto claims obviously can be terrible and scary as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to owning a home, a lot of us, you know, especially first time home buyers, you like just bought a house, you're dealing with all this mortgage stuff, you finally get in the home and everything set and you just don't pay any attention to it anymore and then you realize that you know suddenly you have two inches of water on the floor in your basement or whatever (laughs) the bad situation is like I know Karen had right and she might jump in here and talk about yeah Um, And you just don't know what to do. So I I would love to kind of talk through the process a little bit with you and just, you know, let you ask questions or see where we go with that, if that makes sense to you.
1: Okay. Well, let's start at the beginning because, uh, and I think we can probably get into this a little bit before our first break. And this was Karen's first question. And I think it's the obvious first question is, what's the first thing you do when something happens? So like in her situation, you know, they came home late after evening out with friends, heard Mm -hmm. water running. They thought, of course, your first thought is always something weird. It's like she said, why is someone taking a shower in my house? Because no one's supposed to be home, right? (laughs) That's what it sounded like, right? They went down the hall to the bathroom, and they saw that the supply line to the toilet had burst, and it was just pouring water out everywhere, and everything was sopping wet.
2: Yeah. So the first thing is to stop the problem. I mean, if it's dangerous to you or something like that, then, you know, if you've got a fire in your kitchen and you've realized you can't put it out, it's more safe for you to leave the home, then that's a different story, right? (laughs) But if there's a problem that it's safe for you to fix, Mm -hmm. then you need to stop the problem. And so with common water scenarios, you want to find that valve that turns off the water, right?
1: Oh, please know where the water main is to your house.
2: And so know where that main water shut up, shut off is to your house. Ugh. So if you're listening and you're thinking right now, just think to yourself, where's the main water shut off? And if you don't know the answer, figure it out, because that's the first thing you need to do. Right.
1: When I first moved into my house 11 years ago, we were probably in it for two weeks, and uh, Uris was in the basement doing something. I uh-huh. don't even know. And next thing you start to hear like things being knocked over and like what's going on and water uh-huh. and he had bust a pipe yep. and it was, this one was even worse because it was right, be, right above the main water shut off. So yeah. the main water shut off wouldn't have done anything cause it was broken above that. Yeah. So we had to figure out where the pit was, the water pit mm-hmm. to turn it off at the meter but we didn't know and we have five acres Yeah, and it was literally, luckily we had the phone number of the previous owners and she answered the phone and we're like, where's the big water shut off? We had a bucket, we had like squeegees just, and luckily it was the basement was unfinished, but um, yeah, we would have never found that water shut off because it was on the other side of the property buried in some trees.
2: Yeah, and, and it's gonna pour three, four times the amount of water into your house insane. by the time you get the city to turn it off or whatever your situation right. is, than if you would have just known where it was and right. were able to turn it so, off.
1: So first thing, stop the problem. Um, all right, let's go to a break. And then when we come back, we're going to keep talking about what do you do after you've stopped the problem. So stick around. You're listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate.
3: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com VoiceAmerica.com
0: Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel You count Tune in into Revolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Helen Hillix, Todd Benton, and Chris Reeves. Revolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel.
3: Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com.
0: listening to real real estate today to reach deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show please send an email to deb at real real estate that's deb at real real estate now back to this week's program
1: Alright, welcome back to Real Real Estate. Today I am your host Deb Tomorrow, and uh, we are here with Jeremy Goodrich of Shine Insurance. Jeremy, tell everyone where they can find you if they have questions for you.
2: Absolutely. We're at shineinsurance.com is kind of our main site where you can find us. You can also find our YouTube channel at shine, I think you just search Shine Insurance. There's a whole bunch of information in there. About homeowners insurance, auto insurance, business insurance. Um, we've got a podcast in there, and we even have a playlist for new home buyers called the New Home Buyers Guide, and that I think helps a lot of folks out too.
1: Yeah, there's some good podcasts in there, especially one that has a realtor named Deb tomorrow.
2: There is absolutely. Well, yeah, you did a few of the videos with me, and that was yeah, great. Thank so you. So that was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then remind everyone too what states you are licensed in.
2: We can offer insurance in Indiana, New York. Ohio and Florida right now.
1: There you go. So, if you're in any of those states mm-hmm. and you need insurance, Jeremy and Shine is are a, a great options uh, for you. Um, okay, so we were talking before the break about what's the first thing you do when you have some sort of disaster in your home. Mm-hmm. And the first thing is to... Stop the madness.
2: Yeah, just absolutely. Stop
1: the problem, whether that's turning the water off at the main. Um, I mean, what do you do if a tree falls through your roof? I have this fear because I have mm-hmm. two giant trees next to my house. Yeah, I, I just had a claim out like out that
2: me. recently. I think, again, safety first, right? I mean, if, yeah. if there's a if there's a safety issue, then you just get out of there. If you need to call 911, you call 911. Um, whatever you need to be do whatever you need to do to be safe is number one number two is stop any of the issues if you can you know when a tree limb came through one of my clients roofs we didn't get up on the roof in the middle of the rainstorm and try and put a tarp up that wasn't safe mm-hmm. but as soon as the rainstorm was over then they got up on their roof and they put a temporary top tarp to make sure that more water didn't come in so you know stop being safe stopping the issue those are all super important things to do okay But then we're kind of to the next step, right, where we've stopped the issue. And so now's a great time to call your insurance agent because your insurance company obviously needs to know about the situation. And the sooner, the better. Um, And a lot of times when people call me, they don't know what to do. Like we talked at the beginning of the conversation, right? People are like, oh, my gosh, what do I do? I have no idea. Right. And your insurance agent can really line it out for you. And one of the things I do right off is... Just try and make it less less scary. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, hey, this happens. I'm really star- sorry that it happened to you, but we're going to work through it. And your insurance agent will help you walk through it. So that's kind of the next thing is call your insurance agent.
1: So let's talk about that a little bit because uh, we talked about when you were here last time, uh, the difference between, I'm going to get the words wrong, but that's the captive fine. versus the independent agent. So yeah, a yeah. captive agent is where you have an agent who works for one company uh-huh. um, and, it's sort of a, a one stop shop, like, but you only get one choice uh-huh. of yeah, the company. Yeah. Uh-huh. Whereas you are, uh, what's the term?
2: It's an independent agent. Okay, independent yeah. agent.
1: So you can represent lots of different insurance companies. So if I go with you, I might have an insurance policy with,
2: with all uh, you know a, a variety society of different companies, or somebody yeah, like West that, Bend or uh, okay. lots of different companies that we work with. So then
1: the question is, when you say call my insurance agent, uh-huh. am I calling you? or am I calling an 800 number at West Bend or whoever my insurance company is with?
2: You can do either. Most people call me because they know me. They right. want to make that connection and they want me to help them work through it. And I'm more than happy to do that. Then I call the company and mm-hmm. I bring them into it. Okay. If you work with a captive agent, uh, you would you can still call your local person. And yeah. they're, they're probably going to help you to figure out how to do things. And then they're going to send you to someone who's at the company themselves. That it,
1: handles those claims process. It. It's
2: called a claims adjuster okay. is going to be in charge. And if you got your insurance online or something like that then you're going to call the 800 number for their claims department and you're going to do the exact same thing
1: so you know i think that is such an important thing for people to really digest i want you all to kind of really take that in because working with a lot of home buyers where they sort of oh crap i need to go get insurance and they just Mm -hmm. kind of grab somebody really quickly or they grab someone you know who Uh, their parents have used or whatever, and they don't really stop and think in a moment of crisis, (laughs) this is the person that I'm going to need to interface with. Um, And so I think that makes a big difference, but I also think it's helpful to, to know that you would always as an independent agent you're still there for them
2: mm-hmm. absolutely um,
1: which i think is maybe people don't quite understand yeah
2: through the claims process and you know i think the way you set up your insurance policy is going to have a lot to do with how the rest of this process goes too so not only having a local person you can talk to but also not buying the cheapest most stripped down insurance policy that you can possibly find you know and then getting into the situation like we're talking about right now and realizing your policy isn't there for you right um but we should I, I've
1: pulled up some horror stories I didn't do that research (laughs) but you know I'm sure there are a million of them out there where something really awful is happening and you can't get a hold of anyone or
2: oh yeah I mean there's Most insurance companies are trying to do the right thing. I mean, in a claim situation, I think... You can't stay in
1: business if you don't.
2: Yeah, insurance companies are trying to do the right thing. So there's not like some big, terrible villain out here or anything like that. Um, But, you know, having a local person, having someone that you trust to walk you through it, Mm -hmm. I think is important.
4: Mm
1: -hmm. There was an interesting uh, point in that U.S. News & World Report article that I read a little bit of in the first segment Mm -hmm. about... Um, you know, do you make a phone call or what's the best way to kind of start filing that uh, claim? Mm -hmm. And they suggested, and I thought this was interesting that, you know, usually old-fashioned phone call is, you know, definitely welcome. And I think for a lot of people, more comforting in a Mm -hmm. crisis to be able to talk to someone. But think about if you're in a major event, which Mm -hmm. would be like the floods in New Orleans or, you know, a hurricane where many, many people in the area are affected. They said sometimes starting the process digitally, if it might help things because I can't even imagine Have you ever been in a situation where there's been some sort of disaster where you've had, you know, five, 10, 20 customers all sort of need to make a claim at the same time.
2: Yeah. And I think, I mean, digitally like an auto claim, I can see doing like some of the things you see on commercials where you like take a picture of the damage and Mm -hmm. it all works out that way. I guess I see that with home, you know, if, if it's me, if I'm making a claim, even if I'm one of, Fifty people that mm-hmm. just experienced a tornado or something. Mm-hmm. I think I still want to know that someone received it. You yeah, know, that's right. that, And maybe that's just being a little older. Maybe I don't trust the digital submission process like maybe other folks do. But I want to know that somebody got that and somebody's right. going to respond. Okay. Um,
1: well, I think that's an interesting point because I read that in this article and I thought, I don't know. I mean, it makes sense, right? If they're getting bogged down because of some you know disaster or whatever. But yeah. usually, you know, the, the good insurance companies they're sending people down there you know yeah. to help help move things along they're not going to just sit and make everybody wait so
2: no no i think however you submit it it's important to submit it and document that you submitted it you know if that's talking to someone that's great if that's sending an email that's fine mm-hmm. if that's digitally you know sending something online that's fine as well mm-hmm. but you certainly want to be able to prove that you submitted it if someone three weeks down the line says oh we never received it right um S-
1: So here's something else. These are your takeaways from today's show. There's a lot of takeaways from today's show, but these are Deb's takeaways. Jeremy has his own (laughs) set of takeaways, right? I want everybody to go find your water main.
2: Uh Uh-huh. Absolutely. Know exactly where
1: that is. Okay. Now, second, uh, these are all your homework assignments. I want everyone to program. Your insurance agent's phone number and probably some sort of 800 number, like a claim number, claim numbers, into your cell phone because I can tell you it is not in mine. Yeah. And I know that's what Karen came up against when she had um, their flood. And I said, you need to call your insurance agent. And uh, she's like, I don't know where the number is.
2: Or at least because know they just your, changed
1: policies and it kind of filed it away. And
2: yeah, at least know like your insurance agent or at least know your insurance company's name. Because <laughs> then you can Google. Yeah I mean if you Google your insurance company name, claims, phone number, right. everybody's claims right. phone number is online. Right. You know, and you can get to it that right. way.
1: But you know, I guess I'm just thinking last thing you want to do in a disaster is Google. You know, yeah. know, wait a minute, Google. I gotta Google. Yeah. You know. <laughs> That's true. So have that number, just program it in, put it, you know, just put it inside your kitchen cabinet or somewhere. Mm-hmm. But I mean have that in multiple places. because um, I think it just gives you peace of mind for sure. So
2: Yeah. I want to take a little bit of the pre do we have a second here? Yeah, absolutely. A little bit of the pressure off of the insurance call though, as even though it's super important, I think it's important also to understand that the insurance company's role in the next things we're gonna talk about is the money. Okay. Right, they're not going to clean up the water damage. They're not going to rebuild your house. They're not going to do any of that work. And we'll talk about who is going to do that. Yeah. But you know, there's two sides to every homeowner's insurance claim. One side is the insurance company, and the insur- insurance company's job is the money, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. it. The other side is who's actually fixing your house, who's Mm -hmm. actually cleaning up the damage and all that. So what we're going to get into here is, you know, who do we call to actually clean Mm -hmm. up the damage? Who do we call to actually walk us through the process of taking our house from wherever it's at after that claim situation back to where it was before.
1: Okay. I know one of the things that uh when you know I keep referring back to Karen's uh story because I mm-hmm. think it's just a good ex- it's a example. Great example. Yeah. Um and her first thought was to call a plumber and mm-hmm. then to call an HVAC company because it had destroyed her ductwork and mm-hmm. all that. Um and she wasn't sure if that was that she should be doing that or if she should be guided by her insurance company on how to do that. And I guess we're kind of getting into the next step there. Yeah. Do you there. want to dig
2: into that? I'm more than happy. Yeah. To.
1: Let's go ahead and get started on that.
2: Okay. Cool. So I, I think that who I tend to tell people to call is a remediation company first. Mm-hmm. So a great one in Bloomington, Indiana is Harris Services, yep. but there's lots of them um, all around the country and obviously around the world. These mm-hmm. are people that come in with their equipment and if If it's water damage, they're going to start drying out the water. If it's fire damage, they're going to start dealing with the smoke and all those kinds of things. They come in, and they're kind of the first responders to homeowners insurance situations. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes those people... Can also become the general contractor for fixing the house up. Yeah. So they can become, you know, the person you meet on that first night when you just had a, you know, the water and it was ten o'clock on a Friday night, and they uh-huh. showed up at eleven o'clock on a Friday night to help start cleaning it up. That person can also manage the HVAC people and the plumbers and the whoever else needs to come in, so that you don't have to. So you just have one single person that you're communicating with Uh through the process, and they're navigating all those other subcontractors or the people that need to come in and replace whatever was damaged. I think that's the easiest way.
1: Yeah, so it sounds to me like that makes a lot of sense. Um, I know we deal with a lot of roof claims, and that's pretty straightforward. You call a roofer. Right. But for everything else, it starts to get a little funky. I have a story. I don't know if I should tell it or not because it's really morbid and kind of sad, but it was interesting, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? We want to be interesting. I had a listing many years ago, and the gentleman um, was quite young and he had an aneurysm, and he passed mm-hmm. away Yeah, and was found by the neighbors a few days later. Mm-hmm. And as the realtor, because the house was listed for sale. Yeah. And my name being, uh, and phone number being in the front yard, I seemed to be the one that everyone called regarding the situation. ask about uh, the story. Including yeah. the coroner. And, mm-hmm. uh, and the coroner called me and he said, you know, you really need to get, this is his, his words. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, this is kind of vulgar, but he said, you need to get the goop cleaned up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I have mm-hmm. no idea what to do or who to call for that. Yeah. And he said... Um, it should be ins- covered by insurance. And I thought, who would, I wouldn't, that never would have entered my mind. Interesting. Um, and so I had to call the heirs and, you know, say, can you call the insurance agent? And I got them hooked up with a, di- a disaster restoration mm-hmm. kind of company who apparently does this kind of thing all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. And insurance covered it. They, you know, replaced things. I okay. mean, I'll, you know, who'd have thought it was... Yeah. Kind of crazy, but uh, but you're right. I mean, calling that restoration company, mm-hmm. they took it from there. Yeah. And that was... I think for the family and for myself, you know, brought a lot of peace of mind because we had no idea what to do.
2: Yeah, I mean, being able to call someone in and just have them take over is exactly what you can do there. You know, if you want to manage all these different subcontractors, Mm -hmm. if you want to manage an HVAC person and a plumber and everything else, you are allowed to. Mm -hmm. The insurance company should allow you to do that. Um, but it makes it so much more problematic with billing and everything else. So I suggest bringing in those remediation people. And then as long as you have a good relationship with them through the process, letting them take you from beginning to end through the claim process. So you have one lead person that you're communicating with the whole time.
1: Cool. All right. When we come back from break, I want to talk a little bit about the money and how things get paid for, because that seems to be a great unknown. I just went through Mm -hmm. a deal with, um, a roof and an insurance claim that just confused the heck out of everyone. So stick around. You're listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. Streaming live,
3: the leader in internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com.
0: Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com.
3: working for you with Arvind Vora, Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Variety.
4: Tune in to the Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time.
0: are listening to Real Real Estate Today to reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show please send an email to Deb at RealRealEstateToday.com that's Deb at RealRealEstateToday.com now back to this week's program all right we are
1: back on Real Real Estate Today and uh, just joined by better late than never Ms. Karen Russell best damn lender in the state of Indiana thanks for joining us Thank I, you. I told everyone where you were. Well, I didn't tell them what street. You know, completely <laughs> off topic, but what was the name of the street of the house that you were on? We were doing a broker's open on Bubby Roy Lane. Bubby That's Roy, sweet. B-U-B-B-Y, Roy. Yeah. Like, you know, like I think some people call their grandfathers <laughs> Bubby, right? <laughs> uh-huh. Or whatever. Yeah. 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 So, Bubby Roy. Um, yeah. I wanted to do a coffee table book of like really weird street names, and I think that might be...
2: That's a good one. It's
4: a fan it was a great look it was a nice house and brand new, but yeah, we didn't know exactly where it was. It took us took us a bit to get out there. You were off Gerson Chapel. Yes. Yeah. It
2: mm-hmm. seems like realtors are constantly like looking for stuff, I would imagine, right? You guys yeah, just drive around. I mean I know you're a lender, so not exactly the same, but
4: Yeah. Yeah. No, I just drive by the houses and say, you can't get financing on that. No, exactly. <laughs> that, one's not gonna <laughs>
2: that one's not going to work. That one might work. That one's not going to work.
1: Or as a realtor, we we look and go, please don't ever call me because I don't want to <laughs> deal with all the tires that are you know down the hill or whatever. So uh-huh. We've been talking, Karen, about you so hopefully your ears are burning because we've been talking about how you file a claim mm-hmm. and I've uh, and been referring to your story a lot okay. because I think it's a good example and so let's let's do a quick review um, so first thing Jeremy says to do if you walk into a disaster is to uh, make sure you're safe And then the second thing is to stop the insanity. So Mm -hmm. stop whatever is going on. So that's turning the water main off Mm -hmm. or um, probably getting out of the house if you smell gas or there's whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the third thing would be to call your insurance agent or an 800 claims number or something. Yeah, call your company
2: however you can. Yeah,
1: which we are highly recommending that people put those numbers in their cell phones, which most of us do. Karen, do you have the phone number of your insurance agent in your cell phone? I'm right on top of that, Deb. All right, good job, (laughs) because we've learned the hard way, right? All right, and then after that, your next call is typically to um, could-be to a restoration company. Is that what we're calling them, restoration? Like
2: remediation or restoration? Absolutely, yeah. somebody who can come in and fix the problem, right? We've got damage. We've got fire damage or we've got water damage in Karen's case. You know, we need somebody to come in and take care of that.
1: And so Jeremy was talking about how those kinds of companies can be great for helping manage the whole process instead of you having to manage all these different bits and pieces. And I know, Karen, you
4: used a, a remediation or restoration company. Yes, we had to because of the water and they needed to make sure that the there was no mold and things like that. But I don't know if you guys talked about it, but my company made it sound like uh, you don't have to use them for the actual putting the house back together. But if you don't, they may not cover... The full amount. Hmm. They were like a the the words were a preferred vendor, a preferred. uh, I don't know, and so so we we got their bid, but then we also bid it out locally, and then we went local.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the insurance company has to follow the rules of the policy, and most insurance co- companies' policies say you can use whatever vendor you want to use to fix damage when it happens. Now, there are vendors they have that are preferred. That's totally true. And a lot of times that makes billing easier and the process easier. So I guess I can hear that argument. Okay. But if you really want to use your own pref- your preferred vendor, not the insurance company's preferred mm-hmm. vendor, then you should be able to do that. Okay. In my opinion... In my opinion, it it tends to make the process harder. You know, in a lot of ways, but, you know, using
1: your own vendor rather than the preferred makes
2: it harder. Yeah. And especially if you decide that you want to hire the HVAC person, you want to hire the plumber, Mm -hmm. you want to hire uh, whoever's doing all the work. That means that you've got, you now are in charge of billing the insurance company from all those different places, getting checks for all those different things. Is that, was that your experience?
4: Uh, Sort of, but we hired a general contractor because my company's uh, insurance companies preferred vendor was over two hours away mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so they never showed they didn't show up on time sometimes but anyway but you know you're right um, we did have to send some information but we ended up paying out of pocket um, and paid off the uh, contractor to get everything finished and then the insurance reimbursed us about 60
2: days afterwards Gosh. so you wanted to talk about how yep. payments happen maybe yep. it's yeah. a good time to do it Yep. so it, the way should I just dig in? Go for it. The the way payments happen in homeowners' claims is can, can be confusing, right? And let's just lay it out right now so we all understand. Um, a policy is either set up as replacement cost, which means the insurance company is going to pay for the cost it takes to replace your house back to the way it was before. If it costs $20,000 to fix your house back up to the way it was before, we're going to pay $20,000 minus the deductible, mm-hmm. which you may have as 1000 bucks or whatever. There's another kind called ACV, which depreciates for how old your stuff is. Mm -hmm. So the easiest example is like a couch. If you have a couch and it's going to cost $1,000 to replace it, if you have a replacement cost policy, the insurance company is going to pay out a thousand bucks. If you have an ACV policy, they're going to say, but your couch is 10 years old. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to give you 500 bucks. You can take that 500 bucks. You go replace that couch however you can. Obviously, that means you're going to have some out of pocket in that case. Um, so, assuming we have a replacement cost policy, that's an important place to start. Does that make sense? Or would that, that makes sense.
1: So my my question then is, when do you do you have a choice? Did I have a choice at some point for ACV versus replacement cost?
2: Yeah, hopefully. Well, hopefully your insurance agent just gave you replacement. Okay, because I say, I never <laughs> yeah. felt like I made that yeah. decision. Well, if you didn't, you <laughs> either. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. why having a good insurance agent right. matters. You know, so I, they're saying I always, you need
4: to go replacement cost. Yeah, we I, never, we never had that discussion, but that's exactly what we had. Okay.
2: Replacement cost, right?
4: We had replacement cost because oh, I was like, really, they're going to? Yeah, they were going to cover something. I thought, but that's that's old, but it was damaged, like your furnace or something was older, right? right? Yes. Yeah, Yeah, yeah but you
2: got to replace the furnace, so they're going to pay to replace the furnace even if, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so now that we all, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> so now that we all understand replacement cost versus ACV, yeah. that's important because every policy, whether it's replacement cost or ACV, pays first the depreciated amount, the ACV amount, so they pay, pay a lesser check. If you don't understand anything I'm saying, you're going to get less money at 1st Mm-hmm. Sorry. <laughs> You're going to get less money at first. So, at first, a lot of people get that first check and they know it's going to cost $20,000 to fix their house and they just got a check for 10 Did you get that?
4: Something like that. Yeah. But we, we knew. We knew how to read the estimate that we received, mm-hmm. or Rain Man did, my husband, a.k.a. my <laughs> husband. But yeah, so we were prepared for that. And we also had to give our contractor that we chose to hire some money up front, which was more than what my insurance first check was. Okay.
2: Yeah, so getting that first check, I think, can confuse a lot of people. And again, huh. back to why homeowner's insurance is confusing, this is one of those reasons. Because the first check that gets paid is not for the entire okay. cost it's going to take to replace your home. Didn't so, th- know that. so that first check goes out. Usually you pass that money on to your contractor because they're going to have to buy materials and hire people and do all the work that needs to be done. And then they go through the process of fixing your house. And and then at the end, like you said, Karen, Uh then at the end, a check is going to get cut for what should be the entire cost of fixing your house minus your deductible. That's so they would get, a, get
1: they would get a bill from the contractors or restoration company that says, "Here's the final bill."
2: Yeah, absolutely. I,
4: well, and then our insurance company sent someone out to confirm that everything was done. You exactly. know, like that final checklist. Mm-hmm. And then, but yeah, and there was some paper that got lost a couple of times, but we didn't know the process. And I'm the type of person that's like, "You tell me the steps, and I'll get I'll get you all the paperwork or whatever." But, um, but now I know how to do it. So, yeah. if anyone has a flood and needs help, I can... Let me ask you back. a question. We've got a minute or so before our last break. Did your mortgage company get involved at all? The mortgage company, yes, because the checks are made out to the homeowners and the mortgage company. So, you had to take those che- checks to the mortgage company to endorse
1: or whatever so that you could get them for the Yes, money for it and
4: on. real quickly, my company, the servicing was out of Florida, and they wanted us to endorse the check... Send it to them, and we said no. We fought that one, but we sent them the check. They endorsed it, sent it back to us. Yeah, because that's
1: super scary to me. And I had that with a roof a couple weeks ago. Yeah, um, that we had a claim, and we were in the process of closing, and we had to wait for a check to be sent to this like Phoenix or something, and then back. And it's like that's super scary to just let that check go out of your hand and, and hope that because you're under a deadline, like our situation, we are in with your situation, Karen, you were like, I need to put my house back together. Yeah. And so you don't want to be sitting around waiting forever and ever and ever. So, but most of the time, I think this is important to understand too. Your mortgage does have a financial stake and the home being put back together the way it was. um, That's what they've given you the mortgage on. And so that's why they're involved. And it sometimes seems clunky, but that's something you agreed to, and there's really no
2: workaround for that. Mm-hmm. All these steps are all about protecting the mortgage company, or protecting them so that you actually do the work and don't just take a bunch of money and run off.
1: Yeah, which I had happen once.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, okay, so let's go to our last break, and then we'll come back and kind of wrap things up. I can't believe that we're almost all the way through. There's so much more left to talk about. So <laughs> stick around. You're listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. Real <laughs> Estate
3: Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you interested in
0: buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her her personal nationwide network of realtors so even if you aren't in dev service area you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are visit real realestate today.com
2: what
4: makes a great leader
3: Streaming live. The leader in internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com
0: You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at RealRealEstateToday.com That's Deb at RealRealEstateToday.com Back to this week's program. Thanks for coming
1: back and make sure that you're following us on Facebook. That's Step Tomorrow Realtor. And with Jeremy, with Shine Insurance to Shine Insurance, Shine right? Insurance easy to find. Follow us both on Facebook Shine Insurance has some great things they put out there on their um, hashtag no insurance for you yeah, <laughs> that are always quite entertaining uh, and follow me on Facebook because I'm doing a first on Sunday, pretty excited not really, pretty terrified which is a virtual open house so it's something I'm trying um, to so that people can go to open houses from the comfort of their own home or perhaps from the clubhouse at the golf course on Sunday uh, so I'll be doing a virtual open house at noon eastern and anybody can tune in and ask me questions as we walk through, and it should be, um, you know, interesting. I'm not going to say a hoot because it's the first time I've done it, and we all know how good I am with Facebook Live. So uh, when I set up the event, it asked me if it was kid-friendly. I was like, boy, I
2: don't know. (laughs) There's Uh, a 70% possibility that it's not. I don't think, I don't know that I can commit (laughs) to that, so...
1: Okay, so we were talking about how you make a claim. We were talking about how people get paid. Um, I had a weird one with um, a roof recently that I mentioned that uh, they were saying the insurance company had to kind of like sign off on the work. Like we know that, well, the insurance company, but then the mortgage company had to sign off on it too. Yeah. And it's like, there's just so many moving parts to it. Who is your resource when you get confused?
2: I think it's your insurance, you know, that's what I become a lot of times for people when they're confused in these scenarios, Uh, whether it's uh, the actual physical stuff or just the money stuff or, you know, who to hire, like every step in the process, people call me. And I think that's what's nice to have. If you don't have a local agent who can Mm -hmm. help with, then, you know. I guess my YouTube channel is your best resource. <laughs> well, um,
1: yeah, cuz you call a claims number and then you like go put on hold and you have to s- enter your claims number and I've had that yeah. with some car insurance things
2: and mm-hmm. it certainly
1: is easier when you have a local agent that you can just be like, "Okay, what do I do now?"
2: But I guess that's the answer is the claims adjuster at the company. You know, that's mm-hmm. really is the person who you call whoever that person is. So when the claim first starts, You know, when someone contacts you and gives you the claim number and explains how things are going to go, you want to find out that person's name, find out if they're your claim adjuster, the person who you need to go to when you have questions, take their phone number, take their email address, make sure you have those contact pieces of information. And then when you have questions, go back to them, you know,
1: don't be afraid to use it for sure. You know, we always talk about demand to understand. And I think that this is one of those cases and there's no stupid question, um, except the one that you don't ask because mm-hmm. you've got to be in control of this not in control but you need to be in the know on what right. this process is and what's happening because you're the one that has to live with the results at the end of the day
2: and at the same time you really do need to be nice to these people <laughs> so many times you know it's a <laughs> don't tough don't be a jackass situation. we say that
1: on the yeah, show a lot absolutely. too <laughs>
2: because so many times it's a tough situation and, and someone takes it out on the claim adjuster and if the claim adjuster is not doing what they're supposed to be doing then being frustrated and get what, getting what you want is perfect fine yeah but in general the nicer you are to these people yeah uh, the better it's all going to turn out I mean they have a lot of money in their hands to decide how to walk (laughs) through this they can make this much easier for you they can make this much harder for you yeah and so that's one of the first things I say to my clients is hey be nice to these people yeah you know because you want them on your side okay and just because you're a nice person
1: yeah exactly because it's the right thing to do right (laughs) did you have other questions Karen the things that you thought should have could have
4: didn't. Would no, do I think in my, I think in my like OCD personality and I, I'm, I'm in a world of checklists. I thought, man, would that have been nice to have a checklist at the beginning? And that person say, you know what, I'm going to email you over some things you need to be doing because my mind was in 80 directions at midnight that night. And I didn't want to overlook something where it would have, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, But you start to get paranoid. Like, what if I do this and it messes everything up? Yeah. Insurance doesn't
1: cover it at all. Exactly. What if I call the wrong person? Like, I know you were worried about if I call a plumber, am I going to have to pay for that? Or is insurance going to go ahead and,
4: even if I didn't call the right plumber, you know, exactly. And at that point, and shockingly, you know, my husband was like, you've got to get somebody in here. Mm -hmm. But in that state, in that panic state, I knew exactly how to turn the water off. If you asked me that today, No clue. <laughs> right then and there, I knew I how to shut it, it down. Yeah. yeah. So then at the end, as the work's getting done, I thought, you know, I like that nice, clean little checklist. Like, mm-hmm. okay, have I done everything that my company needed me to do in order to expedite and finalize mm-hmm. everything and close out that claim? But Because start yeah. to finish, how long did the whole process take? Uh, we were done right before Christmas. And so it happened in October. Beginning of October, the first week of October. So two and a half months. Yes. Which,
1: and in, in, and I want to vouch, I will vouch for Karen and her husband, Tony, that they are organized people. <laughs> they are on it. They aren't like, oh, I'll call them back a week later or whatever. They are
4: on it. So this is, um, yeah, it's a yeah. process sometimes. And, I, and we got our final pay, uh, our, our reimbursement or mm-hmm. whatever. It was in February. Wow. It was after Valentine's Day. I remember yeah. that. I
2: think that's a point I always want to make, Is at first it's really fast, right? There's this water everywhere, and then there's people coming in, and they're tra- starting to get rid of things and you're like, oh my gosh, this is terrible, but it'll be over soon. And the reality is that after that original cleanup, everything slows down tremendously. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it's not the insurance company that's slowing, Not you know, nobody's trying to slow things down, but these checks and how they get cut, the contractors and when they can come by and do the work, and this contractor has to do their part, and then the next one has to do their mm-hmm. part, all these things tend to take time. Yeah. And I think the better, you know, listeners understand that from the beginning, the better expectations yeah. are, and then the better experience you have with the claim.
1: Yeah. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of moving parts
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, to it and uh, that can definitely yeah take some time. Uh, what else do you, we've got just a couple minutes left, so what, what else do you want to leave people with in this really, all this important information?
2: You know, I think we walked through it really well. I think I'm going to create a checklist and put it on YouTube. <laughs> That's a great idea. Can you call it yeah. the Karen list? Yeah, yeah absolutely. This I'll... is like
1: the Karen checklist. <laughs> and they'll be like,
4: what's Karen? And you'll be like. Yeah, because that makes it's a lot of sense having that know. would be
2: really great right
4: I think everyone always says well, what do I need to do what's the first steps of buying a house yeah. what's the first steps of the mortgage process and, and then and naturally I think of a checklist and yeah. people mm-hmm. mark stuff off or
1: yeah, we have some clients who really, you know, some need people that's really, yeah, yeah, really important to do that.
2: Well, we could finish off with some crazy claims.
1: Okay, you got talk two minutes, two so minutes? give me the best okay, well, one you got.
2: Well, uh, one I heard it, this, I didn't exp- experience this one, but I think it's an interesting one. Was a lightning strike, so not very weird, right? That right. happens all the time. Sure. The interesting thing here was that the lightning, rather than doing what it usually does, going into the ground, making the tree fall, tree falls on your house or whatever happens, the lightning actually. Uh, the power of the lightning went through the base of the tree all the way through the root system and then came up through the root system into the house Blowing all the outlets out, like just blowing out all the electronics, anything anything that was plugged in. And still this power is traveling, right? And so after it does all this damage, it needs somewhere to go. And so blows out the other side of the house, leaving a hole in the (gasps) opposite wall. So this lightning is like
1: shot through the outlets and (laughs) then like laser beam through the other.
2: (laughs) Essentially traveled through the entire house and blew out the other side of the wall. That was about a $50,000 claim.
1: Well, not to plug another in, insurance agent, but you know the one that's like, we are... Right, uh-huh. Okay, They always have those stories. I was thinking that too. When yeah, the dogs talking. going swimming or uh-huh. whatever. Right? The you know? in the car. Yeah, yeah. and they're <laughs> like, we've seen it. And I'm like, and it dawned on me one day. I'm like, I think they really have seen it. Yeah. Like At yeah. first I thought it was just good stories. <laughs> I'm like... That is absolutely crazy. Well, that's great, sir. We should probably just do a show on crazy insurance yeah, stories. I've got to uh, okay. So, real quick before we go, I've got your homework list. I want everyone to do this before they listen to the next show. Know where your water shutoff is. Have the name uh, number of your insurance agent and an 800 claims number programmed into your cell phone. And we added another one during the last break because we were talking uh, thanks to Rachel and an incident she had with a kitchen towel and some open <laughs> flame this morning. And that is have a fire extinguisher uh, <laughs> around your house as as well. Well, I had a rental property and last week was the first time in 10 years I've had a tenant discharge a fire extinguisher. I was like, "Mm okay. So yeah, have a fire extinguisher. (laughs) All right. Great show. Thank you so much, Jeremy. Please be sure to check out Shine Insurance on their website and on uh, Facebook and on YouTube. They're pretty much out there everywhere and they've got great information. Check us out. Tune into my virtual open house on Sunday. That should be fun too. And we'll be back next week with another great show. This is Deb tomorrow with Real Real Estate Today. Your home for Smart Real Estate.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Real Real Estate Today. Please join your host, Deb tomorrow, for another edition every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until next week, take care of your home. It's one of your most important assets.